0: You how to make an entire clothing brand business for less than a hundred dollars. So we start with a hundred dollars. Now I'm going to show you how to get from zero to launch with this hundred dollars. The first thing that you'll need to spend money on is a domain name. It could be anything you want. Go to shopify.com. We're going to include a link so you can get a discount as well, but get a domain that's going to cost you $15 for the first year. Now we're down to $85. The next thing you need is a logo. Now If you Google make a logo, you'll get tons of websites that offer free logo designs. All you do is you put the name of your company in it and it spits out tons of designs. Screenshot one, take a picture of it or download it if they allow you to for free. Now you have your logo, now you have your domain. The next thing you need is designs. This may be the only thing that you have to spend money on or it may not. I suggest going to Fiverr and we'll put a link below here to find someone to make designs for you. Now, if that's too expensive and you have $85 left, again, you can go to a website called Printful, which we'll also have a link below, and you can import your logo from the one you have and it will make a shirt with your logo on it. If you want a design and not just a logo, then you can Google free t-shirt designs and you'll get tons of ideas that you can, again, download, you can screenshot, whatever you want. Now, you go back to Printful and you upload that image and it puts it on a t-shirt front and back and it gives you images of models with your t-shirt or whatever it is, a hat, a bag on it. So you've gotten a logo, you've gotten a website and you've gotten designs for only $15 so far. So I think we're doing really well. The next thing that you'll need is to get those designs on a website to sell. So we're going to go back to Shopify and get their 90 day free trial. To a website, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna just upload those designs to the website and it automatically puts them on an e commerce shop that you can sell to the people. Go to the payment section on Shopify and you can activate PayPal, you can put your bank information, however you wanna get paid. Now, you've spent $15 and you have a logo, a design, a website, and an e commerce store. So I think I might change this video title to How to Make a Website and a Clothing Design Store for $15. So if you're looking to get a clothing brand started and you don't want to spend a ton of money and you want to test the waters, I highly suggest this method just to get it out there and get some feedback from people. Now, when you're ready to hit it full force and have social media presence and get leads and clients and all this traffic and sales, then I suggest you go to the let's grow podcast website where we show you how exactly to do just this, but in a professional way. And that's exactly how you start a clothing business for not a hundred, but $15. So if you want to know more about how to get clients to your company, now that you have a business, go to letsgrowpodcast.com, sign up for our marketing courses, and we'll show you exactly how. This is Fabian from Let's
1: Grow. All right, Fabian, Mike, guys, thank you so much for joining us on an episode of Creative Maestro. And number one, I just have to say, amazing video marketing video right not thank only that we've you you. simplified the process of becoming a digital entrepreneur in 3 minutes that's brilliant
0: yeah you know so some people got mad at me uh, printer uh, just people in different industries because i posted that cuz it kind of gives people the quickest way from a to z without having to include any middlemen and things like that uh for any beginner it's great
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's honestly just a genius idea. Like, you know, people had spent so much time thinking about actually doing something instead of just doing it. So if we can deliver content as quickly as possible and we can give them the ability to just make it, then we cut out all the, 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 the legwork and allow them to make something really quickly.
1: Absolutely. it Again, like you said, A to Z and it's the most efficient way. And like you said, it's going to get people out of their comfort zone because I know for me, I always struggle with being a perfectionist because if it's not the way I want to do it, then I don't want to do it. But that's you're not going to come out the gate being, you know, at Kobe's level, RIP Kobe, you know, it's just not going to happen. You got to work your way up to that. He did the he had his air balls. Right. It happens.
0: Yeah. And the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is today there are so many Types of software and templates out there online that you can essentially make yourself into a team without having any special skills, just knowing where to find this. And this is one things that one of the things that we do very well is we know this is our job. We know everything out there. So if we can provide that to people on a silver platter and say, here is a tool A, tool B, tool C, go make your, go, uh, you know, go make
2: your product, go make your brand. hundred percent. It's like you know, you have to be kind of be Batman. Right, you'd be uh, like, "All right, well, I have this tool. I have this tool. I have this tool. Like, now let's go fight crime and like actually get into the weeds of it, because it gets, you know, it's easy to start, right? But then you start getting into the more meticulous type of things."
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And those meticulous things are the exact things that slow you up. It's the minutia. You just gotta remove it from your mind and just go for it. You gotta take action. It's kind of like going going live on IG. It brought a lot of people out of their comfort zone, and now they're getting their return on investment with followers.
0: Yeah. One big thing I I would caution people not to do is if they are starting a business, well, it was, first of all, it stops a lot of people from getting into businesses. That's the amount of money that it costs. Right. But if someone, let's say has a few thousand dollars and, or they have a few hundred, whatever their budget is, you pour all that into creating your brand. You have zero leftover to market those products to the people. And then you're stuck with all that overhead. This is what happens to a lot of mom and pop shop restaurants. Let's say they're a great cook. They have a great recipe. They all combine their money. Let's say the family gets involved. They open a restaurant. Now they have a mortgage or like a loan. They have a debt from all the products that they bought, the kitchen, the food, and they don't have a way to market it. And they go under, sadly, because they don't have any money left over to market
2: you know, and that's definitely, you know, the MVP, right? You need a, mm, a minimal viable product coming from like the startup and the tech world. You need something where you have the very basic core functionality. Will people buy this? Right. And then You can then take the scientific method and then deduce, well, what features, what things do I need? What things do I want? Cause like why create and spend a lot of money for something that people don't want. You want to find your market first, and then move forward. Because a lot of people get stuck in design and then they spend all their money in design for a product no one wants. Yeah, and that's another thing that we teach a lot is, test the waters
0: as cheaply as you can while still having a good looking product because you don't wanna hit the market with a bad product that's cheap. You can have a good looking product that's low barrier to entry and say, hey, if it works, now let's pour more money into it. Uh, one thing I always say is no matter how good marketers we think we are, at the end of the day, we don't know what anyone wants to buy until we test. And we, right. take, we, we have analytics. And then you figure out what your customers want.
2: Because the market will tell you. The market will, will tell you if people want it or if, if they don't. And you, the, the thing that people get stuck on is how emotionally invested they get into it. Right, business. You can't get emotionally invested. You have to just be logical and be like, well, this may not work. Let's try something else. And it's that quick pivot. It's that quick turnaround, which what is what makes successful entrepreneurs over non-successful entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. And I, like, I mean, I know we're, we're kind of keep going <laughs> on, but uh, I want to say this one thing very quickly because it's very important, especially if you're out there, you're thinking about starting a brand is have a filter. And what I mean by that is have someone who you trust who knows what they're talking about, look over your work and be a filter. Perfect example. I have crazy ideas every day I wake up. And the the problem with what I do is I have the ability to make that into a very quick product within an hour or two or three or four. So the other day I woke up and I had an idea about something. I woke up at seven in the morning. I text him at 10.30, three and a half hours of me working on this product. I said, hey, I have a new product. I have a new thing. It came out. I spent the last three and a half hours making it. I made the website. I made everything. And he looks at it and he goes, what? The hell
2: is yeah. this? And I'm just like, dude, like, great. I, this looks wonderful. I'm very proud of you. But, like, why? Why would <laughs> yeah. someone even want this? How do we even, like, market this? And then we had to, like, restructure to see how we could, like, tool it out and if it yeah. could work.
0: So, essentially, all it <laughs> took was him was him giving me some kind of, like, objective uh, discourse and i looked at the product and then it hit me how stupid it was and but i had that filter so anyway just i say all that to say that if you're going to start a product or a business whatever you're offering have a filter have someone look over it give you who, who's very honest with you uh not a yes man or not someone who's a hater because haters will always tell you that there's a problem it's mm-hmm. someone who's Who's, you know, a realist, someone that's
2: going to be like honest, that knows the market, that knows the ability to say, well, this is good and this is not so good, you know?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's a necessity. I mean, that's why I feel like people get mentors for that reason, so I can show them exactly what to do.
2: Yeah, and that's actually why we created Discord on our our, our uh, let's grow podcast.com, right? It's it's something where so you can communicate and say, hey guys, I have this idea. What do you what do you group of marketers think? Because if the group can tell you, yo, that's great, or hey, you know, we may want to retool this to launch it in a different way, then having that like that sounding board is so valuable. Yeah, and,
0: and not only that, but this is something that I wish the Discord, if people don't know out there, it's like a mess sort of like a WhatsApp, similar to that, except there's groups that are specific, like a Reddit, like a Reddit messaging group, I guess I could say. Uh, And in ours, we talk about just specifically, everything under the sun, but we tailor to digital marketing and marketing and uh, business marketing. And the reason why I think it's very beneficial is because we can't tell you between us two, uh, and I'm sure anyone listening out there, when you're learning something new, how many mistakes you make, how much wasted time you go through, and, if I had someone like, if I had a Discord when I started, and somebody could just say, "Fabian, that's not a good idea. I already tried that, and I wasted two months of my life trying it out," that would immediately put me light years ahead of, of where I was. So it's a great tool to utilize where everyone in there is in the same has the same mindset uh, to help have people say exactly that. Either it be a filter or give you uh, like a pitfall to not fall into
1: very cool and how do you guys feel about mastermind groups
2: i love them and that's ultimately the, the the idea behind discord right and that's why it's it's so valuable because it's a it's a movement together to make something profitable it takes a community to make the person it cr- it takes the the individual going to the community to then say hey what do you think how can i grow this because what helps one in most cases helps the other right we we live right now in a very individualistic forward society well you know there are cultures that are very collectivistic but the collectivistic cultures normally normally build and grow and can nurture you know people to really go on and do great things so i'm i'm a very big advocate for it
0: yeah and one thing about masterminds and i don't know if you have ones i i have no idea so if i'm gonna say something good to the people listening. I didn't do this on purpose, but if you have one, I would make it expensive. And here's why is people value things that are expensive. Mm -hmm. If anyone can get it in a mastermind group, let's say you, right. To learn Mm -hmm. how to do what you do. And it's, and you charge, let's say for this mastermind group, that's going to unlock all the mysteries of your mind that you've come across, across all these years of trial and error. If you make that too cheap, people won't value it. Number two is I believe that everyone should invest in yourself because that is the most profitable investment you can make. It pays back the rest of your life. So if you're not willing to invest money into a mastermind group to learn from the person who you admire, then you have no business being in the type of industry until you're willing to make that sacrifice and that change. Um, Quickly, perfect example. The guy who mentored me, he used to pay $50,000 a year to his mentor to hang out without, uh, to hang out with him four times a year. Okay. Wow. And when I got into this business, I, I, I didn't know anything. I said, are you crazy? You're paying him 50 that to hang out with him four times. And he goes, you don't understand Fabian. He goes, I could invest six months of my time and half a million dollars into a product or a sales funnel or something. And he could look at that and say, don't do this, do this, stop that now. And he'll save me that time and effort. Then it started clicking. Okay, I understand why you have mentors and imagine if he let anyone get you know a piece of his time, he would have he wouldn't have enough time to train the people who really value him. It's
2: right. and it's it's about the quantum leap. It's about taking that not just a small step, it's taking that massive step that projects you. Cuz like look, like you know, you can do 1% every day, right? And you'll grow, right? Totally. But if you can take that 10%, 10%, 10% you're taking that, that an exponential move forward and those exponential moves forward may be worth $50,000, maybe worth $100,000, but it's willing to invest in yourself because again, you as an asset will grow, but you as an asset will also have compound interest, which is something that we are really big fans of.
1: Oh, I absolutely love compound interest. I was first taught the concept by MJ DeMarco, the millionaire fast lane.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and because it look, it's it speaks true not just within business, which is huge, but within even mindset, right? Mm Like even if you have a if you have a ten percent mindset, you're gonna hit that hit that ten percent and be done. But if you have like at least a fifty to sixty percent mindset, you're gonna have you're gonna be able to outpace people, right? You're gonna be going further. And if you're blessed to have a hundred percent mindset, like Elon Musk, you know you're you're Iron Man, right?
1: Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me of a concept I learned from JC, Jason Capital, got to shout him out. And it was the fact that 75, excuse me, the average person has around 75,000 thoughts, the high performers, the most successful people get that down to between 15,000 to 20,000.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing about going back to um, uh, what we're talking about, we're talking about compound interest is that I believe that any Complicated subject, like, for instance, if someone out there listening to and they they just heard what we said, a compound interest, they're like, what? So it sounds complicated, but I always like to make sure that people are able to understand what that means. And the way I break down compound interest is you as a human being, you have 24 hours in a day and two hands. You can only do so much every single day. What does a business do? A business has one person at the top and they have many workers below them. So collectively, they build profit for the person at the top. What compound interest does is very similar to what a business does is you put your money out there to start working for you. So while you're working on your job, your money is building your business. And that's what compound interest is. It's building upon building upon building. So you get an exponential result back. Uh, so by the time you're ready to remove that or reinvest it or do whatever your money builds on top of money. You're creating a bunch of little dollar workers.
1: That's amazing. What would be the first thing to do? I mean, besides listen to you guys, amazing podcasts to be able to do something like that.
0: Uh, I start small. Very, That's the very thing. small.
2: very, very small. Look at your local community. What mm-hmm. need can you fulfill? You have to f- figure out the value that you could provide to a community first and then what the market is and then produce a product. Cause if you're not producing any value for people, What's, what, what's your use in the marketplace? But if you can provide value, if you can give consulting, if you can help them even on, in their current businesses, if you can bring them customers, woof! the value for bringing someone customers, people will pay. And sure. that business will never go out of business because everybody will always have a business and need to bring new people into their system. So how do you start? Well, uh, yeah, with
0: marketing, yes, uh, absolutely. With like, if we're talking about compound interest, then I would say pick a small amount that's not going to overburden you. Let's just even say five hundred dollars. If it takes you a few months to build it up, that's fine. It doesn't really matter, right? You're in this for the long haul. One of the biggest problems, and I've lost a lot of money when I first started investing because I did what most people do: you learn the stock market a little bit, you read a few books, and you think you're a genius. And you start talking about stocks. And all you do is talk about stocks and how you're going to make money. And one thing is people will always talk about their wins. They will never talk to you about their losses. It's a sore spot. Nobody wants to look like they're better than the best, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be, uh, if you're looking to get into anything with finance or compound interest, start small, invest it, see how it goes for you. Don't overburden yourself. Uh, It's very similar to marketing as well. Mm -hmm. Don't start with a product that's too high. Right. If you're starting a clothing brand, you're not going to start with luxury items, right? You want to start with something true, with something small that people can buy and not get mad if, let's say, it ends up badly. A perfect example, if I lose $5 on the ground, yeah, I'll be a little bit inconvenienced, but it won't be that big a detriment. However, if I lose $100 on the ground, you you better believe I'll be retracing my steps the entire day to to find that. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's very it's very similar to marketing and uh, and building any kind of finance.
1: It's true, it's really macro versus micro thinking. And unfortunately, one of the things that we all have to reprogram from ourselves because of society is you got to stop thinking about life like a consumer. Think about it like a creator, an entrepreneur, someone who produces something, like you said, produces value for the market. You can't just be a customer.
0: Yeah, and uh, I know uh, we're talking about this the other day about Ray Kroc. Right. Uh So Ray Ray Kroc, the owner of McDonald's, uh, one day he was giving a speech uh, you know, McDonald's is McDonald's and someone who didn't know him, he says, uh, someone asked him, what, what business are you in? He goes, I'm in the business of real estate. And someone in the crowd spoke up and said, what are you talking about? You, you're in the business of hamburgers. You're, he goes, no, no, no. That's my job. My business is real estate. And a lot of people don't know that McDonald's uh, holds the most amount of real estate in the world after the Catholic church.
2: And if- yeah. And if you didn't know exactly how they run their real estate empire, it's ultimately like this. They buy the land that then every McDonald's uh, like franchisee. franchisee basically for them leases it out from the McDonald's corporation. So every month they're guaranteed that infusion of cash on top of the franchising fee, on top of the product cost fees. And they're just raking in money.
0: Yeah. So if you sell zero hamburgers in one month, you still pay the rent and they're still making money because if you leave if you if somehow, if you destroy McDonald's, I don't know how that's even possible. However, there's ways do,
2: to destroy
0: McDonald's. They're <laughs> making the rent they'll bring someone in. McDonald's, I believe, has
2: about a two-year wait list mm-hmm. to open one of the franchises. It's like a million dollars liquid. A million dollars yeah. just to open one right now. Yeah, liquid.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. You open a McDonald's, a one or two, you're good. Now, uh, for someone who wants to get into franchising, I would suggest something on the lower end, like a Subway. Right, I believe a Subway is only about sixty thousand or so to get in,
2: and they actually, I mean, yes, they yes. are becoming
0: oversaturated. They are,
2: they are the most franchised business actually ever. So there's more Subways than any other franchise out there. Yeah, you know, wow. I personally, I think I think Taco Bell's a better idea for a franchise, but that's that's just me.
0: Yeah, I mean, right? if you're if you're if you're not that liquid, it's, yeah, it's a good starting.
2: Point. Uh, yeah, also, I also just like the food sometimes. Don't tell yeah. my mom.
1: Four a.m. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> hey at the late night meal, man. Everybody needs that, right?
1: Everyone needs that. Taco Bell's always open. They they know yeah. their demographics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And could you tell everyone how important demographics are? I feel like people get Their brain kind of switches off when they hear all these marketing terms like, oh, demographics, figure out your niche, your niche, whatever. Like, I'm fatigued about hearing about it. But could you please break down how important and pivotal it is? Because it could be like a mentor telling you you're wasting your time.
2: So people come up to us with ideas every day. I have this idea or this product and it is brilliant and the first thing they and the first thing we go is like cool yeah we want to hear more about it and then then we ask them cuz you know as experts you have to kind of like ask like hey, wh- what are you doing right like who's this meant for and the answer that they always give us is Everybody, this product is for everybody, and Fabian and I sit there and like we'll look at each other and we like, know it's coming and we'll just laugh like internally because not, like we don't want to be rude, not making fun of them because yeah. not uh, it's, as, as it's I was everyone. saying, they're not marketers, it's everybody's answer, it's everybody's answer because, in, in to, to their justification, like you know, yes, this product in ma- most cases will be great for everybody, but you need to be very hyper specific about the branding, the needs to. to serve value to the specific demographic that you really need to cater towards. You know, I may create a product for uh, 35 to 55-year-old to men. I'm not going to take that same branding and position and go around to uh, a, and, and, and deliver that same message and product to a 15 to 26-year-old girl. It's not the same market. They think differently. So the messages have to be completely different but the product can potentially be the same. So you do have to be very specific, hyper-specific in most cases, and all that information is available on Google.
0: Yeah, Uh, when it comes to analytics and targeting and stuff, the reason why people hear it so much is because it works, right? One of the terms you hear most often overused is your net worth, your network is your net worth. I mean, yeah, it is trite and cliche, but there's a reason why everyone says it, all right? Because it works. So with targeting, again, we're not, we're not perfect. We don't, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know who's gonna buy our stuff or who's gonna like it. A lot of times, you know, we think that we know exactly who's gonna like or click on an ad and it complete it's the complete opposite. So we don't know. So analytics and data is where you find out who who's a who actually likes what you have, right? Uh, if you're trying to push your product down their throats and they're not receptive of it, there's no reason to to keep going with that. Just try a different product or try a different market. And you may not like analytics and data, I know I don't, but it's it's one of the backbones of figuring out whether my business is going to succeed. Um, so one thing that we do for businesses is um, like market
2: research and business okay. plans, right? Because it would be so irresponsible to like go and say, yeah, we can bring you customers or hey, this is what you should be doing. If you don't know, if you haven't done the competitive research, if you haven't done the market analysis, if you haven't done the, com- the, the the keyword research, if you haven't looked at the specific trends, any news that's happening on those things, it'd be irresponsible. So you have to have one integrity, but then two, you have to just be educated to know what you're actually gonna be doing. Because if not, you're just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks, and that's that's not gonna work. So being hyper specific based off data and research allow you to make i don't want to say emotionless actions but it allows you to take emotion out and just really do well with straight logic and data
0: yeah another uh, another way to look at that is from the marketing side if you're out there listening to this and you're like I want to hire some marketers to help me with my product again this goes back to the whole you'd have to have a filter right we don't work we don't pick up anyone's contract as a client until we do market research mm-hmm. and we do a business uh, plan. Number one is because we have integrity. So if, and we have clients offer us a lot of money to, can you please just help me? Like, I know you guys are good. We say, wait, we want to see if this is actually going to be beneficial to you or not. So spend a little money upfront to save yourself a lot of money on, on the back end. So if you're looking for a marketing company or any kind of marketers and they offer you the world and they tell you they're going to get you tons of clients. Use that as a cautionary tale. Trust your gut and saying, why are they trying to sell me the world? When in reality, what they should be doing is, oh, okay, let's do our homework first. Just like you're not going to get a boyfriend before you meet them. You're going to go on a few dates with them, see if they fit. And then if it's, you know, if it makes sense for both of you, move forward. So,
2: uh, yeah, just listen to your gut. You couldn't have said it better. You know, it's about longevity. Like at the end of the day, yeah, I can make a quick, you know, I can make some quick money by accepting every client that comes through the door, but I'm not interested in the quick money. I'm interested in compound interest, right? I'm interested in someone, us building a relationship and really growing a business out together. But if there's no vision, there's no understanding, there's no transparency, we're not gonna be we're, we're not gonna be in business together for a long time. And how does that really help me? It's about helping you. But let let me help you do that. So that's why most people need that or everybody really needs that that info in the beginning. So then they can scale properly. You know, you see a bunch of gurus saying, I'll take you from here to here. And in in, in no time, you'll be a billionaire by the time you're 27. It's like. There's a gut feeling there that says that's wrong because it's not
0: pay me five thousand dollars and I'll show you how to do it. (laughs) <laughs>
2: right. and I'll, I'll be the first I'll be the first one to say I have blown money on that right but it, it's the cautionary tale that like you have to say something because like you know getting screwed does not feel good it doesn't right. it doesn't feel good, but, like it also I could have taken that money put it towards something and due to compound interest it would be worth dramatic dr- like dramatically worth more money than it is just sitting in someone else's bank account hopefully they're getting compound interest on it though right like that's at least I hope, right? So you know, it is it is that cautionary tale.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and unfortunately, people don't let's say read the warning signs. They're uh, they, they're doing the California stop signs. They're just not paying attention.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, again, it's just you have a dream, and that's great, but make sure you take steps to that dream, not just try to run and sprint all the way down to the finish line because it's not gonna work. You're not gonna get there, you're gonna have a trip, you're gonna fall over. It's it's like anything in life, you know, one of the biggest things that people always say, especially older people, right? And if you know everyone who's old says the same things, then it's probably right. And they say, what's the secret to, you know, uh, old age? Or what's the secret to, they say, do everything in moderation, all right? Get Rich Quick Scream, uh, uh, you know, uh, those schemes, they don't work. The, the, all those businesses that are going to get you quick in thirty days from rags to riches—it's not going to work. It may work for one percent, and that's the story they're telling. But for ninety-nine percent of people, it just doesn't work like that. You got to make mistakes. Just take your time and and let it happen, and learn and enjoy from it. You know, uh, like enjoy the experience.
2: You know, to Fabian's point, it's building blocks, right? It's building a foundation, building different steps, building a funnel, building some way to receive customers, some way to service those customers, you know, finding a way to fulfill your services and doing exactly what you said. So then they stay as customers. So then you can provide them more value in the future. And if you really don't provide that, you have a get rich quick scheme that doesn't create a long doesn't create longevity. There's no business there. So, you know, it's about systemizing and creating a, a foundation first to then really start running and start growing.
1: A thousand percent. And that's why I admire the most about people like yourselves who are sharing this wisdom, because this this could be like a decade of turmoil. But you you have the you know, the cure right here, which is great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm always for giving people stuff uh, hard to understand terms and making it simple for them. And just again, everything in life is pretty simple. You take your time, you do your due diligence, you do your homework, you're going to be fine. It's when you throw caution to the wind or or you hear someone, Oh, my friend's making a ton of money. Do you need to get in this right now or else it's going to be, you know, one of those scarcity mindsets it's gone here today, gone tomorrow, Only five slots left like the scarcity mindset. I get it. We're marketers, scarcity, meaning like if you don't get it today, it's going to be gone tomorrow is why companies release only 10 of these, right? Oh, only five left, uh, in the shoe game. You know, my, uh, one of my best friends, he's a, he's big in the shoe game Mm -hmm. and he gets stuff. They released 20 pairs of a new Nike SBs or, you know, et cetera. And now you buy them for 300. They're immediately worth 1,200 because no one can get them. So marketing. Absolutely. Yeah, That that game is crazy right now. That's pretty dope. Ever ever since they released that thing about about the Bulls, you know, the documentary. Yeah. uh, His shoes has been, it's skyrocketing. It's insane.
1: Right. Well, that's fantastic. I'm actually uh, a... stockholder in Nike. That's that's wonderful. Oh, perfect.
2: Yeah. yeah. I give them another shout out then, right?
1: Nike yeah. is a company that that
0: company knows marketing. Yeah. I, I don't even know how many people they have on their marketing team. It's got to be a few hundred.
2: Just just for a, a, a so it maybe thousands, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We, we did some of our research. We were just curious, like, how are they doing on SEO? How are they doing on, uh, you know, just older digital marketing? And we looked deep into it and <laughs> they kill it like kill yeah. I, I, I know that they hire the best marketers they can find that are, are absolutely amazing. And I don't know if you, you saw this, they took themselves off of Amazon, right? You saw that? Yeah. I did not.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. Which is a really big shift for them because they realize that what they're looking for is longevity. And you know, I'm not to, I'm not here to say that Amazon isn't a great way to make money. It is right. It is, but customer data is not acquired through Amazon. And it's hard to build a brand through that. So, you know, we have people come to us and say, Hey, you know, I want to get on Amazon. And it's just like, okay, well, you know, that, that, that can be good for you. But if you want to create a long-term business that is, you can then support yourself and your family and, you know, have compound gain on your investment. I would look into creating an online store if it's a product-based business or, you know, servicing, you know, your customers in, in, in different ways, Outside of uh, someone else's platform, because that's something that we have to talk about almost every day, because if if I'm only on this one platform, what happens if they change a portion in their algorithm? My whole business is gone.
0: Yeah, and this is so uh, another another angle or another take on what he said was very similar. It's if uh, if you have one source of income and that source goes away, what are you going to do? If you're selling stuff to people, but you don't know who those people are, again, it goes back to talking about analytics and demographics. How do you know who, who your customer is? Now, what Airbnb, Amazon, Turo, Uber, uh, all these companies that act as an intermediary between the, the the product, the person who makes the product and the ultimate the, and, and, and the user, customer yeah. is mm-hmm. that they don't give you those customers. They're using you almost as an affiliate. They're giving you a percentage, obviously your sale, but they're taking their customer data and they're building out their massive warehouse of analytics and data and demographics with a team and then figuring out, well, now I know exactly how I can sell to these people because now I know what they're buying, what time they're buying, what kind of stuff. Is it? Is it cyclical? Is it seasonal? Like They're getting all the data and they have a team of people making doing the analytics on the back end to say, hey, you know what? Mike just sold 10,000 pairs of, uh, let's say, diapers to women. And guess who bought the most diapers? Perfect. He doesn't know any of this. But I'm like, hey, Mike, thank you for all that data. I'm going to turn that into money. And if you stop selling with me, or guess what? If I make my own product, my own diaper, I'm going to change the algorithm so you rank low and I rank number one because I have all your data.
1: Yeah. Damn. Yeah. it's that's uh that's ruthless okay mr. Bezos I, I see you <laughs> okay yeah I mean that's that is a now now it makes it even more interesting why they got into the cloud sharing game oh that's that's very clever
0: <laughs> guess that Google also has cloud sharing yeah I guess if they're trying to compete again now the thing with Google and I know we're kind of going all over the place here but could uh, uh, just just to touch on very uh, very briefly SEO mm-hmm. SEO, yeah, yeah. SEO, people don't know is search engine optimization.
2: Presenting yourself the best way online so any uh, search engine can find you and you're discoverable to them in the easiest way, so they boost your content up. It's like
0: it's like going on on a group date and trying to wear the best clothes. So, speak person, the the person (laughs) picks you out of everyone. Um, But uh, so what I was gonna say is a lot of people, again, this is kind of a cautionary tale to people out there looking for, let's say of a product, is doing fairly well, but you wanna create some SEO for your company, right? One of the biggest um, lies, not lies, but just misrepresentations of what SEO is, is that people can say, hey, my company can take you from, again, zero to 100 in two months, getting a bunch of sales. Well, that's not true. And the reason is, is because Google, Owns the internet, right? They own every time you search. Google owns that. They it's know it's
2: Ninety-eight percent of all search queries are yeah. done on Google,
0: and wow. Google has seventeen hundred PhDs in computer science and math that are constantly changing their algorithm. One thousand seven hundred. So, if someone's going to tell you that they can hack the system, imagine uh, now that you know how many people they have working for them. It sounds retarded. You're going to overtake 1,700 PhD computer scientists and algorithm makers and mathematicians and data scientists. You're going to school them? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, with SEO, it's a long-term play again. They want to see that you're making quality content, that you're giving stuff that people want to actually read, and they know what you're doing. They know what people try to do. So just, again, it's a long-term game. It's not a get-rich-three-month-quick scheme.
1: Yeah, you got to learn to stay away from those because there are plenty.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure.
1: So then, guys, so when you first made the Let's Fucking Grow podcast, by the way, love the name, love the logo. What was the main goal that you wanted to achieve? It's
2: So when we were talking about this and when we were developing the brand and Uh, the logo and stuff. We just wanted to make relatable content and like content where people will get a high amounts of value for just give it away. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't think that you should have to pay massive amounts of money to be able to like see what other people are, how people are making money. Right. We want to give people the ability to change their lives. We want people to fucking grow, man. Like, like we want people to be able to tell their story and say how, Hey, this is how I grew. This is how I benefited. These are my tips and my tricks so you can win because at the end of the day, it's about the collectivistic mindset. This is how we can help you as a community grow and win. Yeah.
0: The way I look at it is uh, we're human beings, right? No matter where you're born. Speak for yourself. no 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 matter what color your skin is or what your religion is or where you grew up, we're just bags of water and bacteria at the end of the day. So I, this is the way I, this is my actual worldview, right? The way that you pass on, uh, you know, uh, things to help the next generation is by your DNA, by stories, by actually raising people to be better people than you were. How can you do that if you don't have good information for yourself that you can then pass on to other people? So let's just say, for instance, that you're stressed out with life, right? You don't, you don't have the answers how to overcome your stress. You have a kid, you raise that kid with all that stress, that kid is then going to be living with that stress for the rest of his time. Let's say there's a person with a product and they listen to us and we're able to help them relieve that stress, find the answers, and then have a more calm life when they're interacting with their children. Guess what? We've now just helped you influence the next generation of people, which is all human beings are. We're just trying to prolongate the survival of our species and bring them up to a higher level. But if you never hear discourse between people who have different ideas and and go at it with, you know, with like decor and they're not screaming at each other. If you don't have those people there to teach you those things, then you're never going to learn them on your own. Because again, when it comes to places like YouTube, if you have an algorithm and let's say you spend all your time looking at, let's just to pull something out of the water, basket weaving, because it's not political and no one can get mad about it. Right. Uh I'm a fan of underwater basket weaving. And that's (laughs) how I like. uh, YouTube knows, hey, this guy likes basket basket mm-hmm. weaving so the more time that i spent on 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 youtube the more money youtube makes because they could sell me more ads so it sticks me in a rut where i only see basket weaving and I, i'm never able to open my surroundings and learn about different things which would have made me a better person
1: right that
0: that's what we aim to do basically is just help people become a more well-rounded person so that they go out into the world they have facts they have data because emotion can lead you astray many times Uh, And that's one thing that people deal with in relationships and personal life. Uh, Jealousy comes from just too much emotion, things Mm -hmm. like that. So if you're able to use more data to back up what you think, or if you get emotional when you stop and think, why am I thinking this way? Let me use logic and data to see if, if, if what I'm thinking is correct, then you can become a better person. That's why we started. Let's grow podcast.
1: That's awesome. That's, that's a facts only lifestyle. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, some of my ex-girlfriends, uh, would would uh say that they don't like that logic only facts only emotionless thing, but for business and things like that, it's kind of
1: what you need. It, it
2: works. It's necessary. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, what are the the things that really make a brand memorable, in your opinion, Fabian and Mike?
2: For me, um, so I've been I've been in branding for close to 12 years now, you know, I, I was in a graphic design class and I loved it. And I just started working for, you know, local businesses. And then I started working for larger businesses, which is really cool. What makes for a good brand is brand experience. It's how a customer experiences that brand through a type of customer journey. So they're able to feel attached, connected, felt, listened to, uh, understood throughout the whole experience so then afterwards they feel connected to the brand the product the the founders even right and it's it's about that transparency it's about that honesty it's about that connection that synergy yeah that community uh, that builds a good experience
0: absolutely as you said you invested in nike i'm sure you didn't do that just because it was a you know it was just a random thing to do is you probably used the brand liked the quality believed in it and then you invested your money in it And that's exactly what a brand should do. People should want to spend money on a brand that they believe in. If you have people knocking on your door trying to hand you money, then you know you're doing a good job. If you're trying to pry money out of people's hands to buy your product, then you probably shouldn't be selling that product in the first place. That's what branding should do. You should feel good about when you have that brand on. If it's a service, if it's a clothing item, if it's makeup, whatever it is, it should make you feel good at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. It's like business ethics 101. That's exactly how business should be conducted, in my opinion, personally. So I agree, 1000%, gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And did you guys have uh, anything else you wanted to share with, with everyone? Because you guys have given us a ton of value right here. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I know we're at 40 we're at something minutes, so I don't want to bore the people. No. Uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, man, I mean, uh, really, really, uh, you know, really happy to be here. Um, take your questions. I know, you know, you're going to follow each other on social media for quite a while now. Uh, I appreciate what you do. You're always very enthusiastic. You've always given me good moral support. Uh, so for anyone out there, you know, him and I, I've been following each other on social media and I can tell you that whenever I do something or there's a change in life or anything, he's always one of the first ones to say, Hey man, I, I see that. Good job. Congratulations. Um, and that's how you know that you're listening to someone good, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, I started watching your stuff on your social media because of that very uh, reason. So if you've been watching Josh's podcast, uh, you know, it come coming from me, you're doing a great job. He knows what he's talking about and he's very heartfelt when he does it. So he does it from a good place. It's not just trying to do it from a shady place. So that's good. I appreciate that.
1: And I appreciate you saying that, Fabian. Thank you. And likewise, I mean, I've definitely learned a lot from you just from observing you and just you being relentless in how you put out your content is very authentic. It's very you. And I, I appreciate that because there's not a lot of authentic people on social media as we, we all know it as being in the marketing space.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's something we're going to talk about next time. there's yeah. the next time is self-censorship in social media. I'm oh, 100%. nice. 100%. Huge. That's huge. huge. and. Uh, if you don't, I mean, I don't want to get into it now, but just Google self-censorship and social media if are out there. It'll be a primer for our next hopeful podcast where we talk about this.
2: Yeah, and I have like one small piece just got to sprinkle in it everywhere. Just be nice to each other. It's like, you know, be honest, be kind, be warm, right? Like it's so important. And maybe, maybe, you know, people say stuff about that, but it's about just being an overall good person. You know, just do the right thing.
0: Yeah, one one thing that I've, I've – uh, and – I'll, you know, I'll end it with this gem, but this is probably one of the most important things that you can hear if you're out there listening. So, listen up, put down your phone, put down whatever you're doing. Is uh, I've traveled all around the world, I've lived in India and you know, I backpacked for five years around everywhere that you can think of. And one thing I've learned about humanity is that we're again, we're all exactly the same, no matter if you're in a gang or you're a terrorist or you know, you're a Republican, Democrat, whatever. If you're in a cult, at the end of the day. Everyone goes home to eat, because you have to eat. Everyone gets tired. And when you go home, you're thinking about your family. You're thinking about the health of your parents and your grandmother. You're probably getting punked by your grandma. I don't <laughs> care how big of a gangster you think you are, you're getting punked by your grandma. Don't tell me no. <laughs> uh, you're thinking about how to put food on the table and how to make money, right? And that's what, bring us, that, that's what brings us all collectively together, is uh, you know, regardless of where you are, how you grew up, what things you have going on in life, Trust me, even, even rich people have problems, right? And I know oh, they have problems. So don't think everything's you know just uh, lollipops and candy canes out there. But
2: Yeah, I know. want to put special symbols in my kid's name, dude. That's a big problem. Hey.
1: <laughs> 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 Musk, bro. What, what symbols would you use, Mike?
2: <laughs> an A and an E confined together, man. Maybe a that. little like <laughs> smiley face or something. An emoji. Why <laughs> can I cannot throw an emoji in my kid's name, dude? I don't know why.
1: It is definitely coming. <laughs> he started a trend.
2: You did. You yeah. did.
0: Yeah, definitely. Papa, Papa, Papa Musk.
1: And by the way, because I I'm a world traveler as well, so I have L.A. on the on the plan once everything opens up. So yeah. maybe we could actually do this in person because we got we got all the gear, we got all the cameras. It you
0: got a big it studio.
1: Got check out the studio. Absolutely.
0: I'm down to Hollywood. We'll, we'll be happy to have you. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us and have an amazing weekend and stay safe. Thank you, great,
0: everybody man. out thanks there. you for having us. Appreciate Thank it.
2: Thank you.